This Green Biz Radio podcast is brought to you by BP, working to provide today's energy while transitioning to a low-carbon future. More information at bp.com slash US. You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of greenbiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Tilde Herrera. Cost is the perennial barrier to green corporate investments in energy efficiency, whether it's upgrading equipment or replacing the inefficient lighting in a facility. Although these types of capital expenditures can actually save a company money in the long run, the factor that often determines whether the project will get the green light is its payback period. The recently released book, Energy Budgets at Risk, offers a different approach. Author and energy economist Jerry Jackson has developed a framework that he says will reduce energy costs and risk using tools created by the financial industry. Today, we'll talk to Jerry about how using this analysis can help companies meet their environmental goals through energy efficiency investment. Hey, Jerry. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, this book is billed as a Wall Street approach to energy efficiency investments. Before we get into the mechanics of energy budgets at risk, can you talk a little bit about the philosophy? Sure, sure. Uh, Energy Budgets at Risk, or EBAR, is a new quantitative process that provides financial analysis of energy efficiency projects by explicitly representing all the sources of risk that include uh, energy prices, operating characteristics, weather, and those sorts of things. And EBAR represents an extension of technique called value at risk, which is a a financial risk management tool that's been around for, for more than a decade. Traditionally, businesses and government organizations evaluate uh, energy efficiency investments by calculating payback requirements. And a payback is simply the cost of the investment divided by the annual savings. So an investment that pays for itself in two years has a two-year payback. And in fact, most organizations require a two-year payback before they will make an investment uh, in energy efficiency. That's a real shame because a payback of two years translates to about a 50% rate of return. So these organizations are bypassing lots of profitable investments. And what we've done with EBAR is to develop, like I say, this financial risk management approach to making these evaluations. So most organizations who apply it can save about 30% of their energy cost, and that's after deducting the financing cost of the investment. In other words, the day after these organizations uh, implement these uh, efficiency options, their cash flows will increase by about 30% of their last year's uh, energy costs. So basically, this approach factors in the amount of savings after the investment is returned. That's right. The real problem in terms of the way people have approached energy efficiency in the past is that they haven't attempted to evaluate risk. And so what happens is if I'm an energy manager and I have a great project, I'll take it to my CFO and say, I've got this great project that has a payback of three years. And the CFO will listen to me, but he knows or she knows that there's some risk associated with that because I may have used the current prices and prices may go down or I'm not factoring in weather variations and things like that. So the CFO listens to my three-year payback and says, well, it's a three-year payback, but there's a lot of risk associated with that. And so they'll reject my three-year project, three-year payback project because I haven't been able to quantify the risk associated with the investment. So what EBAR does is it analyzes efficiency options 
but it provides the results in ways that CFOs and financial administrators uh, can can evaluate it in in the framework that they're used to evaluating uh, financial investments. Uh, so it it really kind of bridges that gap between the engineering characteristics of an efficiency project and what financial administrators do, and that is decide how to how to invest the company's money in a way to maximize returns. Now, now let's look at this case study that's given in the book. It's a 120,000 square foot office building in Austin, Texas. And the way that it was currently set up, uh, the energy bills cost about 210,000 a year and natural gas cost about 50,000. Uh, the company was considering two energy options. Can you tell us about those? Sure. In this case, uh, uh, we looked at the two options that are that are most frequently uh, considered in terms of uh, efficiency investments. One relates to lighting, and the other relates to HVAC or heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And uh, when we took a look at those at those investment options, what we found was that the total investment cost was about two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and the energy cost savings, the estimated energy cost savings, was about ninety-eight thousand dollars. So that provided a payback of. 2.3 years, and as I indicated before, most organizations would not go for investment options that, that provide a payback of anything over about two years. Well, and again, this, the investment, if it turned out to be exactly what's calculated, uh, would represent a, a very profitable investment, a, a rate of return of about 42%, and it would increase cash flows almost $60,000 for this particular building. But of course, there's risk involved with with the project, and and so again, based only on payback, uh, the project would have been rejected. Well, we went ahead and did the EBAR analysis for this particular project, and what we found was that uh, in fact there was very little risk. Specifically, there was only about a 2.5 percent chance that the rate of return on this investment would be less than 32 percent, and the same probability that is 2.5% that the cash flow increase would be less than 37800 So what, what this example shows then is that, well, traditional payback analysis gives you a yes or no decision. This EBAR analysis allows us to look at the risks and rewards of individual projects. In this case, uh, there was very little risk, and so this is a project that, that, that any financial administrator looking at it would, would say go ahead. But without the financial risk analysis, that 2.3-year payback probably wouldn't have been enough to, to, to move the project forward. Now let's talk about how you do it. Sure. There are, there are two ways to perform the EBAR analysis. The first and the easiest way is to uh, utilize the software that we provide at energybudgetatrisk.com. And what users do with the software is they input uh, the last 12 months of energy bills uh, and uh, provide a little bit of additional information on the facility. And the software then uh, takes historical information and it, it evaluates risks associated with energy prices and with equipment performance and lots of other factors and then provides a full financial risk analysis as the output. So in this case, then the software pretty much does everything except providing the input data. Uh, and again, that's like I said, it's available on uh, energybudgetsatrisk.com. The cost of that software is $2,900. Now, uh, 
this, uh, I've written the book in such a way that anybody who's interested can follow the, the specific steps in the middle chapters of the book. And beginning with energy bills, they'll incorporate, uh, they'll do the same kind of process that the software does. And again, I've laid that out very specifically, step by step. Uh, all the processes are performed with Excel. And so you, it's just a matter of going through the process to develop the mathematical relationships that characterize the risk and uncertainty associated with energy prices, you know, with operating performance, and with weather, and, and the other variables. And then all those relationships are put back together, and the result then of that process is the same kind of result that you get with the software we provide, which is a distribution of uh, rates of return and a distribution of increases in cash flow that result from these uh, uh, from these investments. Okay, okay. Now, now for for those readers who choose to perform these calculations themselves, there are pages of tables and data at the end of the book. Will that information need to be updated? And if it does, readers can get that at the website. No, actually, that that information is is benchmark information that uh, I've developed from a, a database. Actually, that that's developed from over a million uh, individual facilities across the country. What that database provides is information on how buildings of various types uh, in various operating hours categories use energy. So the appendix allows a reader to take their monthly bills to go to the appendix and to calculate what their likely savings are with respect to applying an energy budgets at risk kind of analysis. So, uh, the, the, and again, the steps are, are detailed there, and uh, I've even included an example uh, so readers can work through that. But the appendix is, is, is really a nice aspect of the book in that it allows readers to very quickly, even standing in a bookstore, for instance, to, to take a look at the back of the book and, and compare their energy use to the energy use of these you know, thousands of other buildings across the country and compare how they can, what they, what they can do with respect to reducing their energy use to be in, in, in one, of the, one of the more efficient uh, percentiles that's shown in those tables. Okay, okay, so that information is sort of timeless. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Jerry, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you wrote this book. Sure. I'm an energy economist, and I'm also a professor at Texas A&M University, and I've worked in the energy area for 30 years. I've consulted with business and government agencies on a whole variety of issues that range from developing conservation programs to forecasting future energy use. And I've been aware of the problem that traditional payback approaches uh, have created in terms of energy efficiency investments for years. Uh, but it's really only the, the, the rapid increase in prices over, over the past three or four years, along with the fact that energy prices will undoubtedly continue to rise in the future, that really creates a, a financial crisis for lots of businesses and organizations. And in talking to energy managers over the last couple of years, uh, I realized that, that their inability to translate the engineering calculations into financial risk analysis that's meaningful to a CFO is a real key stumbling block uh, to taking advantage of efficiency opportunities. So what this book does then is to translate energy efficiency project characteristics into the kind of investment analysis that is familiar to CFOs and financial administrators. Okay. Uh, tell us about the target audience. Is this book geared toward any particular sector? 
Sure. It's well. It, this really cuts across all business, uh, institutional, that is, hospitals uh, and government agencies. So it's really, and even manufacturing firms can use it. It really is applicable to every to every every sector out there in the economy, except uh, residential applications, because they're they're a little bit different in a variety of ways. But uh, the the target audience includes two main groups. The first. The first group is, is composed of CFOs and financial administrators and managers who are, who are concerned about the cost of energy and the volatility and, the, again, the financial threat that it poses and, and want to learn more about what can be done within their organizations. And so I, I've written the first part of the book to provide background on the energy markets and the kinds of efficiency investments that are out there and just why risk management is the appropriate approach to looking at energy efficiency. And then... Towards the end of the book, I've included a chapter that provides the financial analysis report, so they can go directly to that and see how that relates to the kinds of financial investments they make in other areas. And again, I mentioned the appendix, which which also allows uh, managers and executives to take a, take a quick look at their facilities and, and get some idea of the potential savings that, that exist. Then the second audience is composed of all the energy managers and the energy engineers who are out there working and coming up with great projects and going to their financial people and trying to get the projects approved and and they're not approved because the financial administrators are are are, are don't have the kind of financial risk analysis they need to make these decisions so this this the middle part of the book then provides all the detailed processes and calculations that these energy engineers need to do to put their analysis in a framework that the CFOs can understand. And I uh, was actually presenting this at a at a uh, meeting, uh, lunchtime meeting in Houston, and one of the engineers, energy engineers there came up to me and said, this is really the missing link. This is what I've been missing cause to, to convince my financial guys that what I've got really is worthwhile for the company. So so it's those two audiences sort of come together to benefit the, the entire organization. Then, of course, there are the policymakers. Certainly, this is a, an important issue in terms of information. Uh, but this also goes to uh, university students and uh, and then energy service companies who are out there installing lots of this equipment and, and trying to interact with with businesses and government. What advice would you give to businesses or companies in relation to energy and energy efficiency? If, if listeners could take away one helpful hint from this segment, what, what would you want that to be? Well, the first thing I'd say is that any company that has not uh, undertaken an efficiency analysis or, or efficiency uh, actions within the last couple, several years can easily save 20% of their energy bills. And, and the beauty of... of of this approach is that they can save more than it will cost them to to institute the investment. So they'll be increasing their cash flows. Any company that has not undertaken the detailed evaluation and audit of what they can of what they can take away from investments in energy efficiency is missing a great opportunity to increase their their, their bottom line. Right now, we're in, in a really unprecedented time with respect to the to energy markets. Uh, co- companies like Russia, that used to be the largest oil producer in the in the world, has just had their first decline in quarterly oil output. Oil prices are at $115 a barrel, and and looking at 120, uh, natural gas prices in this country follow oil prices, and electricity prices follow natural gas prices because natural gas is used to generate electricity. So we're really all in for a, in for a, a rather 
shocking kind of new energy crisis here over the next three or four years, and I think that every business uh, can look at what's happened in financial markets and see what kinds of, of, of issues can arise uh, when companies are unprepared and haven't accurately quantified risks, and there certainly are a lot of risks associated with, with energy costs. So, so I would really recommend that every, every organization, government, company, hospital, take a look at, at where it is and, and seriously consider uh, taking advantage of the opportunities both to, to improve their bottom lines uh, with respect to energy efficiency, but also protect themselves against future risks that undoubtedly will come as prices continue to increase. Great. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.